0: Hello, audio-only listener. Just a quick disclaimer before we get started. This is a recording of a live podcast episode that aired live on YouTube. We usually go live at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Wednesdays. That being said, we may be making references to things that can only be seen on screen. Don't worry, you're not going to miss out on any information because of this. Just some things may not make sense because we're making a reference to something that is on screen. And with that out of the way, thank you so much for joining us, and enjoy the episode. Hello, 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 shalomi, my homies, and welcome to another episode of Killing the Church. You know what we do here, we talk about things that are killing the church and things that need to be killed in the church. Bradley, my compatriot, how are you today?
1: <laughs> I am doing well. How are you this
0: evening? <laughs> I am fantastic. I'm, I'm in a good spirit. I'm in a good mood. <laughs> I'm excited for the topic and I'm excited for this weekend and I'm excited for tomorrow.
1: And <laughs> Incredible. Yeah, there's big things just happening.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm just, I'm ready. I'm here for it. And I'm in a, such a good mood. I changed my name legally. I am now Seamus, <laughs> as you can see. Um, Oh, I
1: see it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, anyway, and uh, yes, Spirit Wars, you did just get banned from the show. Congratulations. <laughs> yep. Banned. <laughs> um, anyway, tonight's episode, we are talking about. Well, you can read the title. What does salvation even mean? We tend to, and this is part of our what does it mean series. This is turning into a series pretty quickly where we go over common Christianese terms uh, and discuss what they really mean. uh, Because a lot of times we throw these things around and we don't tend to have a full understanding or we we overuse the word and it usually loses meaning when we do that. So anyway,
1: uh, have you got... A uh, a libation with you, sir. <laughs> I do, I do. Yes, I'm I'm gonna polish off either tonight or sometime tomorrow the rest of this uh, Evan Williams so that it will not be in my home for Pesach. Ah,
0: very well. Um, I am having a Macallan, the twelve, uh, sherry Ooh. oak. Yeah, I've got a very little nice. bit left, uh, a little less than half a bottle. So I'm gonna do what I can before uh getting rid of it (laughs) (laughs) uh anyway so once again thanks uh to our top tier patreon supporters uh this is actually an episode suggestion so this is again an episode brought to you by our uh supporters thank you so much and to all of you who like and subscribe this video uh and the channel every little bit of that is support that really helps us out uh, the algorithm loves things like that, so feed the algorithm, please. <laughs> the Indeed. algorithm is a sentient being. Um, speaking of, um, we are 20, 20 from hitting 1,000 uh, subscribers on YouTube. 20 subscribers, which is nuts because 1,000 is a huge milestone in the world of YouTube. It's a hard number to get. Uh, other social media is not so much, but for this one particularly, for some reason, 1,000 is the hardest hardest thing to do, so um just 20 is all we need so if you guys want to like i don't know help us out share the video share share your favorite video or something uh whatever right um i'm i'm done begging i don't like begging i hate groveling uh i love all of you guys though (laughs) music going all right all right all right okay let's uh get rid of that background and actually I want to use the the new um oh, we're going to use the new one. I use the new layout.
1: <laughs> nice.
0: I like yeah. the aesthetic. It's It's, it's uh, kind of nice. It's, it's relaxing.
1: I I enjoy it.
0: Yeah. It's not bad. I don't hate it. Um All right, cool. Cool 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 cool. So, tonight's topic. What is salvation?
1: Uh, ah yeah. okay this Let's is one we on. get a lot actually Yes, yeah. we we do we get this question a lot
0: it's it, so for for those of you who are not um for those of you who are not theology students uh this topic is called soteriology in the world of yes. theology soteriology comes from the greek word soteria or soterios uh, meaning salvation, so it's literally salvation, um, the study of salvation, or salvation theology. So that's a little bit of background. Um, and first and foremost, so what is salvation? Uh, and we're going to do a different type of layout than we normally do for our shows. So uh, bear with us while we make this transition uh, as painless as possible. But I actually have in my hand a textbook from Liberty University. It's the Pocket Dictionary of Theological Terms. And see, buy used and save. This was a used book at the Liberty Bookstore. Um, very useful, <laughs> though. I still use this thing. But anyway, salvation. According to uh, Liberty University's uh, textbook for theological terms, salvation is defined as the following, a broad term referring to God's activity on behalf of creation and especially humans in bringing all things to God's intended goal. More specifically, salvation entails God's deliverance of humans from the power and effects of sin and the fall through the work of Jesus Christ so that creation in general and humans in particular can enjoy the fullness of life intended for what God has made. So that's, that's the, uh, pocket dictionary term. Um, what are you, what are your, what
1: are your thoughts on that before I give my thoughts on that? I, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest. I wasn't listening cause I was, I was <laughs> reading, I was reading what, what I hope to be sharing, uh, at some point in the night from, um, rethinking the five soli.
0: Yeah, I actually, I'm looking forward to getting to that as one of our main points, um, well, no, I'll so just get my we, uh,
1: Yeah, summarize it real quick, and I'll tell you what I think.
0: <laughs> oh, I'll just read it again real quick. A broad term referring to God's activity on behalf of creation, and especially humans, in bringing all things to God's intended goal. More specifically, salvation entails God's deliverance of humans from the power and effects of sin and the fall, through the work of uh, Jesus Christ, so that creation in general, and humans in particular, can enjoy the fullness of life intended for what God has made.
1: Yeah, I... It's a lot of that. That that's a very broad way of explaining. It's very. It, there's a lot of words there. I'll put it this way. Um, <laughs> a lot of words. This book. This book. This book also goes over a definition, and it basically summarizes it as um, uh, the uh, the pathway to immortality. Because that that is effectively what it is in every faith. Right. That, I like that. that that's the that's the goal that everybody's working towards is that immortal state in paradise. Yeah. Um,
0: that is, I like that because it's such a shorter definition. Um, these, you know how these, you know, you know how these, uh, you know, stuck up, you know, snub nosed scholars love to be really wordy. <laughs>
1: mm. Use many words.
0: Um, I, you know, I, lo- I, I do much, it myself sometimes because it's just, much, sometimes it's just so good. It just feels good philosophy. Use words. I love words. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, uh, so we are gonna answer one question at the end of the tonight's show. That question is, can you lose your salvation? If you want to find out our answer to that question, you have to stay to the end because that's a, that's the uh, that is a question we will answer at the very end of the show. So stick around to find out. but so our first point in tonight's lesson, salvation. What is it? And more specifically, in the future tense what is salvation
1: right i think it's important I, th- I think it's important here to um to point out that when we say future tense we're not talking about in in retrospect of the old testament all right this is this is not a uniquely old testament view of the future <laughs> tense salvation um this is something we even see in the new testament um and we will be discussing that in in further detail here i'm sure um, mm-hmm but but yeah uh future tense salvation the idea that we are going to be saved or that we are in 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 process of being saved um that's that's one that i i feel many in the reformed tradition would uh cringe at
0: <laughs> yeah so a little bit of a reality check here for many of you um here's uh so this this is where some of our here's where you get your money's worth right for our content, even though it's totally free <laughs> um, in there's a there's a, 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 a in in Paul's letters we have two categories. we have the disputed letters and the undisputed letters. Now there's plenty of reasons why uh scholars you know dispute or don't dispute certain letters and writings. And what have you. And that's not tonight's episode, but just understand that there is a category of undisputed letters and a category of letters that are in question as to whether or not Paul authentically penned them himself. Um, And so with the undisputed letters, one thing that uh, scholars have noted, uh, textual critics especially, is that every time Paul speaks about salvation in his non-disputed letters, it is almost... Uh, exclusively in the future tense, which is actually an incredibly Jewish, uh, Jewishly consistent way of looking at salvation. Salvation is a thing that happens in the future. It's not something that happens currently, unless you happen to be living through it. (laughs) But uh, yeah, so it's a, it's a, it's always spoken at least in the, in the non-disputed letters, right? Almost exclusively as, as being future tense. Uh, So an example of this is romans uh the letter to romans is a non-disputed letter and uh romans ten nine. uh if you uh let me pull it up before i like butcher the wording accidentally <laughs> um, but if you confess with your mouth that jesus is lord and believe in your heart that god raised him from the dead you will be saved and that is an interesting so like it, it seems like well, we're talking about, like, if you then this, like, if you then this sort of uh, structure in the Greek, it's it's all present tense until that last bit, you will be saved, right? So, if you confess, right, right now, it's in the present tense, uh, and if you believe in your heart, present tense, you will be, future tense, saved. It, it does shift, right? The Greek is a little bit better about actually con- conveying um, the difference between what's happening now and what's happening then. Right. And then... um. In the very next verse, uh, Romans 10 verse 10, uh, for it is by believing in your heart that you are made right with God or justified, and we're going to talk about that a little bit tonight, the difference between justification and sanctification, and it is by confessing with your mouth that you are saved. Now, my version says you are saved, um, the a better rendition of it should be uh, with the mouth you confess, resulting in salvation. That's a much better way of putting that, the way the Greek, the Greek reads that, resulting in salvation. Yes. Uh, once again, we're talking about it, like a preposition, uh, you know, for a future event.
1: Yeah. Um, and I would say, because the the idea, and we'll get around to this for sure um, at some point, but the, the idea is you haven't died yet, right? <laughs> and. <laughs> And what? it's it's a it's a difficult thing for people to grasp um, that your life is not over, and the choices that you make are not final. Um, especially the ones that you haven't made yet, uh, they're they're not final until you die, right? They they exist in what we call potentia, right? They've not been <laughs> actualized into a reality. Uh, And so that's what we call the infinity of possibility. Literally anything could happen between now and the time that you die. Um, And it's a a difficult concept to grasp, and it's definitely something that um, I would say, in my personal opinion, Calvinists struggle with in particular.
0: (laughs) Yeah, and so something I've noticed, I was actually having this conversation today, I I think it was with uh, our boy Austin. Um, but I said Calvinism. <laughs> you know what? I should just read it because I'm actually it was <laughs> it was a little tough, but uh, I thought it was funny, so it's worth reading. Uh, I said I don't know, but I think <laughs> man, this is going to trigger so many people right now. Do it! I, I can't wait. I don't know. I, this was in response to a question that he had. This is I don't know how, but I think Calvinism is based off of essentially a bad translation of Romans. And a highly concentrated Greek philosophy injected into the completely opposite culture, and so forced it's worse than trying to shoehorn your size 11 foot into a three inch children's sketchers. Ooh. Ooh. <laughs> um, and that I'm, I'm waiting for that. That's uh, you know what? You know who would like that? Will Hess, he would like that. <laughs>
1: yes, yes, Will Hess, the church split.
0: <laughs> Shout out to the church split. <laughs> uh so anyway like salvation in the in the jewish context right in a very hebrew in the hebrew context in which these words come from uh remembering that the the new testament was written entirely by jews uh from the jewish mindset in the greek language just you know it doesn't matter what language you pick you're still coming from the hebrew mindset um the 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 salvation is very much thought of like an exodus event hmm. always Mm-hmm. Think of children in Egypt. They're promised before the plagues even begin that they will be delivered, right? They will be saved, delivered. Uh, Salvation means to be delivered. Uh, And then they go through the 10 plagues. They're protected from most of them. Uh, And then the deliverance happens at Pesach, which is happening this week, actually. So it's really apropos that we're talking about this. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, but I think Exodus, like this is the term for the Exodus in the Jewish mind. It's always some sort of end goal. This is the Exodus is the prototype for the end. Something we look forward to. Right. And so we currently live in exile. And so we are waiting because God made a promise and we are looking forward to and awaiting. Right. Hope is the is, uh, you know, the belief in something that will happen or what, what what's the quote? Whatever.
1: Hope,
0: (laughs) man, I'm bad with quoting tonight, but um... (laughs) the next Happy
1: Meal toy, hope.
0: (laughs) That was a good game.
1: (laughs) But yeah, um, you know, I don't even remember the quote verbatim because it it I I think it belabors the point too much. But yeah, hope hope is the the expectation of Of what has not come to pass yet. Right. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's the quote. Hope is the expectation of things unseen. That's right. Whatever. Um, that being the case, though, uh, the primarily in the Jewish mindset, this is the way that you're going to find it. In fact, actually, I got a Talmud here. It's a Talmud you gave me.
1: <laughs> hey!
0: I want to read from Tractate Shabbat. You know what? I'm going <laughs> to... Tractate Shabbos... <laughs> Uh, This is from page 31-alpha. Many of you may know this uh, page because this is the famous Hillel and Shammai story is found on this page in Tractate Shabbos. Uh, So it's 31-alpha, but it's starting in Pasek 11, uh, or 13, excuse me. So um, Rava said... A, for context uh, he's answering a question about uh, the fear of the Lord is his storehouse. Um, I believe here's the, the quote is uh, what is what is meant by what is written the stability of your time and the strength of salvation is wisdom and knowledge. the fear of God is his storehouse. So Rav Rava is answering this question. He says what does this mean? says, when they escort a person to his final heavenly judgment after his death, the heavenly tribunal says to him, did you conduct your business transaction faithfully? Question one. Did you set aside fixed times for Torah study? Question two. Did you engage in procreation? Question three. Did you wait in hope for uh, did you? So the literal translation should say, "Did you wait for salvation?" But uh, they've elucidated it here. Did you wait in hope for the messianic salvation? Question four. Mm. And did you delve into wisdom? Question five. When you learned Torah, did you learn it deeply and infer one thing from another? Question six. But even though, even even so, right? This is a, a big wrap up. Even with all of this considered, all of this is only of limited consequence. It is the fear of God. If the fear of God was this person's storehouse, then his judgment will be favorable. And if it was not, then no, his judgment will not be favorable,
1: regardless of his answers to the previous questions. So read that that bit about the messianic salvation again. I loved the way that was worded. Uh, So, The Elucidated says, did you wait
0: and hope for the messianic salvation?
1: Yes. So, that is, I think, what is is at the core of why it's hard for many in the church to grasp the concept of salvation being a future tense concept. Um, Is because, primarily, Christianity has operated on the presupposition that everything was fulfilled at the cross in totality but if that's the case then what what is the book of revelation right what 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 do you call that if 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 salvation is is what if salvation is what occurs in the here now and present right mm-hmm. and it's not a future event what then what do you call that what, what do we call <laughs> the final redemption that we read about in revelation is that not the salvation
0: that's and that's that's the and oh little known fact uh a lot of people actually probably do know this the book of revelation almost didn't make it into the canon right and the reason was because it was too jewish and it preached a literal coming kingdom a literal salvation of a literal kingdom of messiah and the uh, patristic preach. fathers didn't like this because they belonged to Rome, and you don't need a literal kingdom if you belong if you have Rome, right? Uh, so they didn't like it. Uh, they were amillennialists, uh, and because in in origin says this, he says if you believe in a literal coming kingdom, that's the Jewish belief. It's too Jewish, so he he threw it out because it was essentially too Jewish.
1: Uh, you but, see that a lot in the the early patristic fathers where. <laughs> they don't they don't they don't really try and argue the exodus of of certain doctrines they they yeah. they kind of just look at it and go well how jewish is it
0: yeah oh it's really <laughs> do, jewish do well this? then we throw
1: it out yeah exactly
0: yeah <laughs> uh, uh Jew? no yeah mm, yeah there's there, there's no
1: that. okay well let's look at this doctrine and weigh it against scripture they like they don't do that they just oh it's jewish trash it then
0: yeah, yeah, basically uh and 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 you know it sounds like we're being like over dramatic or over overstating a, a a thing. Yeah, we're only joking a little bit. I say that we are only exaggerating a tiny bit. I mean, every everywhere I turn in church history studies what you find is that a a very primary driving motivation was Uh, to separate themselves from Judaism.
1: Yeah, no, it's funny, actually. So, again, the the subject of this weekend comes up. Um, (laughs) and uh, Naturally, you know, just like Christmas, uh, there's the dispute over whether or not the holiday has uh, pagan ties. And I saw a video uh, explaining that there's no evidence for pagan ties to Easter, uh, that it actually came about as a result of Christians trying to calculate, uh, when, when the Passover should have been. So uh, again, we, we've got a, a mention of calculation theory. Um, there's no evidence to support that it doesn't exist in Christian, in Christian writing. Um, what we do see is very specifically that they altered the day of Passover, um, or the day that they would celebrate Easter specifically so that they would not be in accordance with Jewish practice. They don't yeah. give any other reason besides that.
0: Yeah, it's 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 sort of immaterial whether or not it's a, a pagan practice. I, and I
1: bring this up a lot of times. It's like
0: whether it's, whether it has pagan origins or not is is immaterial. It's not biblical. They changed it because it was too Jewish. <laughs> the, the, the thing, right? That, and that's the big thing. It's like I, you know, even if it's not pagan, cool. Still not going to celebrate.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I it's think the holidays
0: he, that he created are good enough.
1: <laughs> it was it was intended to be a unifying factor too, because in the empire there were there were a few there were a few. Uh, traditions on when it would be celebrated and certain people were still celebrating Easter in accordance with um, with the Jewish Passover. So to bring unity to Rome so that all Christians would be observing the the holiday at the same time, they just changed it to a day that was not Jewish.
0: (laughs) Yeah. And they also changed it to make sure that every, every sun, every Easter would be on a Sunday, right? Whereas the Hebrew calendar, it fluctuates right um anyway uh so i think we've beat the future tense thing kind of into the ground so yep uh that being said uh general overview real quick salvation is a future tense uh sort of it's spoken of in the future tense now there is a past and a present tense version of salvation and we're about to get into that firstly past tense or sola fide.
1: <laughs> 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 this is all you, yeah. buddy. I wrote this. Yeah, one. man. This so what really. I, I I do <laughs> got to say that I, I really I wish I could just read the whole chapter on sola fide to you guys because that it, it it's it's spectacular. Um, he points out a, a number of incredible things. Uh, basically, he in shorthand summarizes that sola fide was basically the first form of cheap grace. Um, and he's not wrong. So first and foremost what I what I kind of wanted to get into here uh is the statement that he makes where let's see. So he's quoting another scholar. Uh a scholar named last name Kinzer. Oh. Uh, I don't know if I don't know if we'll see a first name here or if the first name appears on this page. But anyway, he says he says uh, Kinzer makes the point that when we examine the topic of final destinies or salvation in the Christian sense of the word, we tend to read the synoptic gospels through the lens of the theology of John and Paul. Right. And I how, how true is that? And so the reason he's drawing this out is that you cannot conclude the same soteriology from the apostolic tradition that we read in the synoptic gospels and in the general epistles the epistles that are not written by paul right they they do not conclude the same soteriology independently right they conclude a soteriology that is much different and you 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 couldn't you couldn't derive sola fide from the soteriology that you get from the Synoptic Gospels and the General Epistles, um, so I don't want to uh, belabor that too much. <laughs> it, um, so, from the
0: historian's perspective, real quick, while you look for your next note, yeah, um, each of the Gospels need to be read independently, apart from each other, not together. I, I, lo- I know that a lot of a lot of Christians love to read them together, and in fact, every time we see a, a Hollywood depiction of the passion narrative, what we get is all four passion narratives squeezed together in the same narrative. And so we're used to doing that, mentally speaking. Um, But each gospel has its own goal, its own unique perspective, and its own point that it's trying to drive. And if you try to read it in tandem with another gospel, you're going to get a mixed message. So it is important to sometimes, these are individual books, to read them as individual books. You can put them together at the end uh, in a way that they can harmonize, uh, and that's why they're called synoptic, right? Because they can be seen together, synoptic. Um, and, but uh, at the time when you're reading it, you need to read Mark and understand the point that Mark's trying to come from, uh, his right. perspective, and what he wants you to see from his gospel. And
1: not read Mark like you would John or Luke, like you like you've already pointed out. Right. And and furthermore, right. Uh, one, one of the things that 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 is pointed out in this book um, that is more or less acknowledged uh, by early church scholars is that the apostles do appear to have maintained uh, Torah observance and Jewish practice. Um and the the general belief is that they were mistaken in that endeavor, and that's why God had to send Paul to correct everything. So it it, it <laughs> as as you read through this, you really it really really settles in exactly how much the modern Christian Church depends on Paul specifically, um, as opposed to the rest of the narrative of the New Testament. But the words "sola fide" uh, don't actually appear. In in the Bible, except for in one place, right? The idea, the we, right we 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 understand Paul's Paul's words to express a by faith alone idea, um, but that they they don't they don't that that doesn't actually appear. That was an addition to Martin Luther's translation. Um, the only place in the whole of the New Testament where we read the words by faith alone. Uh, is in James, where he's actually rebuking the doctrine. Um, and so the the quote that they actually bring out is is from James 2, uh, 20 through 24, where he says, Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works, and faith was completed by his works, And the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is not just, yeah, you see that a person is justified by works and not faith alone. (laughs) Right? So, so, and understand here, this is... Where this can get mistaken, and matter of fact, you know what? No, I'll read this first before before <laughs> before, yeah, before I get into how this can get mistaken. Easy. Okay, um, he he starts addressing the Romans Road, right? Mm. Uh, and so the the quote here is the Romans Road of uh, scripture passages is a stellar example of this principle in action. Okay, Uh, chosen because of their congruence with sola fide, the Romans wrote as a collection of verses scattered throughout the epistle of Romans that, when placed together, appear to teach that the golden ticket to immortality is to believe that Jesus is God and that he rose from the dead. But surely, if Paul's intention was to teach us this, he would have placed those verses together for us, rather than sending us on a scavenger hunt through his epistle one could just as easily cherry-pick a different passage from Romans to teach a very different road to salvation. And then he quotes Romans. He will render to each one according to his works. To those who by patience and well-doing seek glory and honor and immortality, he will give eternal life. But for those who are, seeking, uh, who are self-seeking and do not obey the truth, but obey unrighteousness, there will be wrath and fury. There will be tribulation and distress for every human being who does evil, the Jew first and also the Greek, but glory and honor and peace for everyone who does good, the Jew first and also the Greek. There it is. Workspace salvation in the heart of Paul's Magnum opus. <laughs> and <laughs> so the- what he moves what he moves on to say is obviously there is there is a context in which these verses can be taken. Uh, to an extreme that they were never intended. Okay. Mm-hmm. So the, the author of this book is not supporting a works based salvation, but he is pointing out how scripture itself is inconsistent with a sola fide doctrine of soteriology. It, 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 it does not consist unless you, like the only way you can build sola fide is if you cherry pick certain parts of Paul's writings and then ignore the whole rest of the new Testament specifically uh the synoptic gospels and the general epistles
0: yeah i was going to say um what you tend to get like if you if you people are going to think that we're heretics for suggesting we do such a thing but you know just a thought experiment if we remove all of paul's letters and in fact let's remove all the epistles let's have just the gospels and acts um what you would come away with from the gospels is matthew 7 is that some? People who have faith only and nothing to back that faith up with. Faith should result in good works, right? In, in yes. a Jewish context, it should result in mitzvahs. You do mitzvahs because you have faith. Um, it's it's the ones who have the faith alone that go before uh, Yeshua and say, well, didn't we do many miracles in your name? And he goes, I, I never knew you. <laughs> um, and Because uh, at the end of that, he says, I never knew you, you lawless, you anomian, you without... antinomian essentially
1: (laughs) yeah you who practice torahlessness and in other words
0: yeah and you know there's of course
1: (laughs) consider consider what that is right and the 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 phrase that my dad likes to use is intellectual assent right i think the right thing and know the right thing in my mind therefore Therefore my golden ticket is punched
0: yeah cuz i cuz i think the
1: right things right right um and and so one thing that is brought out in this book right is is that he points that out that that essentially is that that's that's kind of how he he roundabout gets around to uh explaining more or less that sola fide is the first form of cheap grace doctrine um is that that's the implication of it that's the implication of sola fide that's the implication of past tense salvation right that Essentially, my actions don't matter because I think the right thing, and I professed to think the right thing back then, right? I said those words back then about what I thought, and and what I do doesn't matter. Um, And so he does point out, and he grants, there is no theologian today, uh, and no serious theologian today, um, who would affirm that to be the case, Right, whether whether or not they want to admit it, uh, Protestants all acknowledge that works are an inherent part of being saved. Um yeah. they just they they don't want to admit that because it, it violates the doctrine of sola fide.
0: I want to make this a clear point, and and uh, and if our social media director is watching this, this needs to be a short clip, definitely. But one thing I've I've heard a lot of on on TikTok is. Uh, you know, you believe in a workspace salvation. And then we say, no, we don't. And they're like, well, with enough questioning, eventually what you end up saying is you need works in order to have salvation. Okay. I see that a lot on TikTok. Yeah. To which my, my response to that is, okay, with enough questioning, so do you. Right. <laughs> with, with enough line of questioning, we will eventually get to a point where you will have to admit that there is some sort of works activity that has to coincide with your belief for you to be
1: saved (laughs) either that or they have to double down on their own doctrine and just admit they believe in fire insurance yeah or that yeah right that's that's at it it, because that's that's where they say well it's not fire insurance it's a misrepresentation of the position well with enough questioning you either have to concede that works play a part or you can be consistent and just admit that your doctrine is fire insurance
0: Oh, you know, what's funny. I was listening to uh, Messiah Matters, actually, and Caleb said something like this. So, um, you know, grace in the Greek, uh, the Greek world means, you know, undeserved, right? Um, The Hebrew word for grace actually sort of kind of implies that it's earned. (laughs) Um, Interesting. (laughs) Yeah, because of the way that it is, uh, the, the word for grace in Hebrew is to ask if I have found favor. So right. every time, you know, Abraham or whoever goes before goes before Hashem and, and he says, if I have found favor before you, blah, 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 that's grace, right? So the grace is followed by if I have found favor. So there's actually sort of this, a little bit of an inherent like you don't deserve it fully, but there is a sense of earning it a little bit in the Hebrew mindset, right. which is different from the Greek mindset. And that's something that he brought up, I thought was interesting too. Um,
1: and that that's where I I think that this is the subject where, um, salvation status, which I I find it interesting that this is exactly where it goes, right? When you push this logical extreme, when, when you push the idea that, well, well, salvation is past tense, right? I got saved back then. So, so especially because, you know, Jesus finished it all, right? Um, he fulfilled (laughs) it. And so now what I do doesn't matter, right? When, when you push that, the argument will ultimately end up at a denial of your salvation, right? Why? Well, because your works don't reflect somebody that has been saved. <laughs> so, <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny that like, the whether or not you, you did get saved back then is ultimately determined by what you do now, by those who believe that if you got saved back then, then what you do now ultimately doesn't matter, right? Like it, it's 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 a funny circular reasoning.
0: Yeah, and so when we when we talk about so like let's do a thing here, let's shift gears a little bit. So that's like past tense from the Christian mindset, like a past tense, like I got saved, right? And we're eventually going to get to this question at the end here, where we talk about can one lose his salvation? Stick with us. Um, but what does what does the salvation past tense when we do see it in Scripture? What does this mean? Um, and it's essentially, you know, it, we can use this and segue into our next point. Um, again, think the Exodus. It's the moment you receive the promise, you live your life as though it is a reality. Mm-hmm. So in, in the fast, in the past tense idea is it's, it, it is, it represents a moment in time in which you began to walk the path. And that's more
1: or less what it is. This is a beautiful example for it. Okay. Uh, betrothal. Um, ah. Because because we we in the West don't have a concept for what betrothal was in a Semitic context, right? So in 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 our Western minds, you get engaged, right? Not betrothed, but engaged, right? And so there's a promise to become married. Um, but you can call it off anytime before then you're not, you know, you're not, you're not married yet. It's not, you know, it's, it's, it's not that extreme. It's not that binding. It's not that doesn't hold as much weight as marriage actually does. Um, which is why you can call it off on a whim, right? Um, because it's just a promise to be married. Uh, and, you know, people break their promises. It's, it's viewed as something that, that is potentially temporary, well, that is ultimately temporary, uh, because it either ends with the marriage or with it being called off. Betrothal in a Semitic mindset is not that way, okay? Um, a, a promise made is expected to be kept. Um, and it, it the, <laughs> the, the, the signing of the ketubah More or less is the marriage, right? So when a young man in ancient Israel would go and propose to a young woman when they, you know, when they, I'm not going to go over the whole ceremony, um, (laughs) but, but, you know, okay. So when the proposal would happen, when she accepts, right. And, and agrees to the terms of the contract, because a marriage is a contract, right. Um, As soon as that agreement is reached, they're married. Right? The wedding hasn't happened yet, but they are married, and in order to call that off, they have to get a divorce, right? So, they're not married yet because the wedding hasn't happened yet, but they still have to get a divorce to call it off even before the wedding has happened. Why? So, is the wedding, are they going to be married in the future, or are they already married? Like, that, that's the question, and that's where this idea of past tense, okay, did they get married when they signed the contract, or did they get married at the wedding? That's where this confusion comes in.
0: Yeah, and, and that's what we mean by like a past tense sense of salvation, where there, there is an event that happens. For us, in, look at it on a personal level, and that this is actually something you can find in your prayer books if you have a siddur. Uh, but essentially, you pray for your... You know what? I'm going to read it right out of a prayer book. Do it. Because uh, it's beautiful. Uh, I don't know why anyone wouldn't want to read out of one of these things. Okay peace uh thanksgiving that's a good one the davidic rain okay so right here so the 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 davidic rain i've read this before on the show the offspring of your servant david may you speedily cause to flourish and enhance his pride through your salvation for we hope for and look forward to your salvation all the day blessed are you Hashem who causes the pride of salvation to flourish there's a footnote here in my prayer book this is the sephardic um seder uh brought to you by art scroll and the footnote says in this moment you should hope intently, intensely for the coming of mashiach as well as for your personal daily salvation that's that's out of a jewish prayer i mean you really would think that this was written by like i don't know if i had not told you ahead of time that this was a, a jewish prayer parish you might have not right yeah i mean it it's beautiful, but I we love should, that hope dude, intensely for the coming of Mashiach, as well as your personal daily salvation.
1: We should uh, we should have an episode where we do that, like we just pull random quotes uh, from from both ends, from Christian scholars and from Jewish scholars, and, and then ask Jewish or Christian.
0: Yeah, <laughs> hold a po- poll and see who does. Uh, yeah, see, see, who, see
1: who see who gets it. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I was doing that on TikTok for a little while. I started doing that where I would read like uh would read something out of Tanya and then say uh Jew or Christian, and then I would read something out of like another Christian source that I liked and same thing. And I, I yeah, but anyway, I did it didn't last long. I forgot about it. I kind of want to kick that back up again. Yeah, man. Um gotta pick up that cross daily, right? I love that. How Look at about that. We it have the best audience. <laughs> Dude, yes. <laughs> Boom. Um. Oh, all right man you're officially a scholar uh so that brings us into our third point salvation present tense mm. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. so uh small notes here this is a very short section because we kind of already covered it too was the past tense sort of bleeds into the present tense a little bit when it comes to this um and it only it essentially only refers to your present state of being in, in a, sen- in a s- present sense of hope, right? Uh, you are currently hoping for the future. You're you're in a state of endurance, right? Faith emuna means to remain steadfast. It means to persevere, to endure to the end. Uh, in fact, um, I didn't get to quote it now that I think about it, but um, it's Matthew twenty four thirteen. He who endures to the end shall be saved future tense right so faith is is endurance is it's perseverance and una means endures to the end um so uh just to kind of go back to that future tense there for a little bit back there back here on the past tense um or the present tense excuse me once again think the exodus where you're in the middle of the exodus as it's happening you are currently in a state of being delivered it just hasn't you perfected yet it hasn't fulfilled right right? the the
1: process the process already started it has not been in completion it is in progress yes yeah that's a good one
0: and this is where we uh so we touched this on this a little bit too with the uh sola fide thing that we just covered a little bit justification versus sanctification so for my theology nerds out there, once again, justification is actually the salvation por- portion. It's the being justified in the end of days. Um, the sanctification means to separate, right? To meet, to make holy, to live set apart. To distinguish. So something that, that not a lot of, I've, at least I've noticed in some of my conversations, not many, um, at least lay Christians, are aware that there's a difference between justification and sanctification. And so they will meld the two together uh kind of blurring that clear line that that should be there and they think that they their their sanctification is through faith as well by faith through grace you're sanctified also and that's not the case you are justified that is to say that you are um you know you are seen as righteous as though you are sinless you are covered atonement means to cover kafar uh it's the yom kippur right the root kafar means to cover or to atone. So the Day of Atonement, Yom Kippur, it's the same Hebrew uh, word that's root for kippah, kippah, covering, head covering, atonement. It's the same thing. Uh, so if people are wondering why I wear a kippah, that's another reason why, because it's a reminder of my daily atonement, because um, I hope for salvation daily. And uh, But the justification, that's that's that is the future tense thing the being justified when you stand before the throne. Sanctification is you actively living your life in a set-apart and holy way for Mm -hmm. God. And the closer you get to sinlessness in your daily life, that is the more sanctified you become. Uh, So the way they put it at liberty was this. You can't earn justification, but you can earn sanctification.
1: It's it's one of those things where... And I love the question. this is another one this is another one that I, I learned from Dad growing up um is the the level of irony that there is in a Christian um looking to an orthodox Jew and telling them that they need to repent repent of what they already sin less than you <laughs> 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 many of
0: them put up so many more safeguards to keep them from sinning than than you'll ever even dream up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and it, real quick side caveat, I guess. Um, you know, there's this idea that like you know they put all these gates, uh, fences. Um, people that that think this way, that they actually live the super strict, without any give lifestyle in Judaism. Uh, with these fences um has never met a real jew
1: <laughs> well it, let me tell you what it is. They are reading their own right man made standards of sin into Judaism, right because they're 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 thinking, well, I already don't drink and don't smoke and don't cuss and you know don't watch violent movies. And, you know, just all of these other arbitrary things that the Bible never addresses or, or speaks of as, as sinful. Right. They're thinking, well, I already don't do those things. But then to like not eat pork on top of that and to to, you know, to honor the Sabbath. And, you know, so then they build up this list of what they think it's like. And They don't really realize that. Like, well, no, I mean, when when you make the shift to Torah, you actually give up a lot of these presuppositions on what sin is. Um, a lot of these definitions of sin that are not sinful. Um, and then you you just adopt the ones that God said are sinful. And it's actually extremely liberating because now you can do a lot of these things that you prior were not doing.
0: Yeah, in moderation with everything, of course. Of course. Um, but um, yeah, that being the case though, it's this idea that like what I'm talking about specifically is sort of um, like when Christians read, that, oh, you know, did you know that Jews uh they pre-rip their toilet paper before Shabbat because they can't rip toilet paper on Sabbath? That's so legalistic. Uh and it's one of those things where I'm like, okay, how many real Jews have you met in your life? <laughs> As I can name on one hand how many Jews that actually do that. Uh by and large, one one way is what, what Jews tend to do is they'll always find a way around everything, right? Uh so most Jews don't even use toilet paper. Baby wipes. That way, they don't have to rip anything. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> There's no worry if they don't like have to make processions or special. It's just like Who oh, knew okay. that you could already buy it pre-ripped. <laughs> and even then, like sometimes, depending on like your community or you know the person, um, the, their feelings on that will differ, and they'll either disagree or agree with it. Uh, and in most cases, many Jews are very aware that that is a rabbinic mandate. And so they're not as they're like, well, if I break it, it's only a rabbinic mandate. You know, they're not like, you know, it. it, They don't treat it to the same level as scripture all the time.
1: (laughs) Here's the problem: is that there are some people who would call that standard ridiculous, um, but they won't. uh, They won't ever be seen driving down the road with like a lollipop in their mouth because it looks. It could be mistaken as a cigarette um, or they they'll never enjoy a, a glass of grape juice out in public because it could be mistaken as wine. And oh, it's like, yeah. all right, so you, you, you think that's over the over the top, right? Just to pre rip your toilet paper. That's over the top. But like you won't engage in things that you actually acknowledge aren't sinful because it could potentially look like something that isn't sinful that you believe is sinful.
0: Yeah. And that's uh, that's avoiding the appearance of evil, which is actually a Jewish concept. But you've taken it a completely different way and have applied it to things that, yeah, it, it you know, but it, whatever, it's a thing. Uh, but to get back on point, that was just a side caveat, um, you know, that these things are more fluid than most people will make it out to be. You don't, mm-hmm. uh, again, the same people who are quoting these things and saying these, these things have read like a Google version of the Talmud and they don't fully understand what they're reading. Um, and so anyway, well, it.
1: it- it, what, what what just to to further add real quick to this point, um, <laughs> we we really can't discard the fact that most of the innovation uh, of the modern world, as far as you know, invention of, of things that progress uh, humankind, like so much of it is from Jewish people, um, and and a lot of it is 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 for the sake of of being able to uh, obey in in a way of leisure. So like a lot of people notice that their refrigerator has a sabbath setting on it right and this is so that it can be used on the sabbath in a way that's not that that's not cumbersome or ridiculous you know yeah um it it it, it really is not as big of a deal as people think it is it's it's really not
0: uh, yeah th- like my fridge has a sabbath setting on it which i found awesome uh and all it really does is so when you open the door it doesn't engage the light bulb because in judaism you can't complete a circuit right and so they've, they've put a setting in there that way when you, you can open the fridge and, and grab things and make your coffee in the morning with, with some really nice cold French vanilla cream or whatever you're into. I'm an Irish cream person myself uh, without like having to worry about some of these little processions. Um, but yeah. So anyway, back on topic, justification uh, is different from sanctification In uh, the sanctification portion. That's, Something we've noticed, and then we'll move on to the next point, which is our question, can one lose their salvation? That's coming right up next. So hang in there with us guys. Uh Christians tend to hyper focus on justification and almost completely ignore the sanctification part. Because if you if you give if you give a um like they'll they'll talk about it, like live a holy life, right? And then for for them, a lot of them is like don't smoke, don't cuss, and whatever these, these other things that aren't labeled as actual sins uh torah but if you focus too hard on the sanctification for just long enough you'll start to come away with torah observance and i think that's why <laughs> <laughs> yeah <Hot take.
1: laughs> so the question <clears throat> the question can you lose your salvation and i i think the phrasing is what is important especially <laughs> um because that's that's what most Calvinists and uh people who believe in the doctrine of um uh unconditional eternal security uh, that that that's how they'll phrase it right is well, you can't lose your salvation well, yeah, you're not just gonna wake up one morning and not be saved um can you walk away uh from your salvation? Can you choose to walk another path? Yes. Um, and that's, that's, that's where the idea of your actions ultimately determining where people say, well, you just didn't get saved back then when you claim to have gotten saved. Um, now free will Baptists do not take this. They, they believe that you absolutely can walk away from your salvation. They call it being backslidden. Um, yeah. And, uh, but they do believe that, that you can, uh, can be called back. Right. Yeah. Um, well, and like
0: we talked about before already with the future tense, uh, did you endure for, did you hope and endure for the messianic salvation? Right. And uh,
1: well, and because you're not dead yet again. So yeah. of course, of course you can be called back because you're not dead.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so if you stop enduring, well, then you're currently living outside of a state of a present tense salvation because you're not in a, you're not, you're not enduring anymore. Uh, again, right. Matthew 24, 13, he who endures to the end shall be saved. Um, so. But it is a loaded question because it's one of those things where like we would argue that you can't lose your salvation, but only on the caveat that well you didn't have it yet anyway. Right. It's <laughs> you... not in <a> completion, <laughs> so, it's in progress. Yeah, it's it's it is an ongoing you know, daily activity. <laughs> if
1: if if I order an item <laughs> right and it leaves the factory and is being shipped to me, um I didn't lose it if it doesn't arrive, you know, or if I can't say, if I cancel the order better yet, right? Yeah. If I decide I don't want it and I cancel the order, then I didn't lose it. Um, I, I canc- I canceled it. the order. Uh, yeah, you can't lose something that you never had to begin with.
0: And, and, uh, so for those that are, and I can hear the objections now. Well, what we mean is like hard determinism, like even if salvation is a future tense thing, um, You can't lose it because you are like chosen like predestined predetermined to which our answer to that is a very simple one uh the i the the precept of free will is so incredibly important in judaism um it's 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 almost a central point of judaism is free will
1: yeah actually the 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 it's it's funny um because those who do not believe in free will right the the theological hard determinists um calvinists they believe right that because because of jesus sacrifice your sin has literally just been wiped away like like disappeared it's gone well without accepting the judaic concept of free will and the philosophy that comes with that uh, you, you you can't actually rationalize how it's gone, disappeared forever. Um, it's almost entirely dependent on on the Jewish philosophy of how sin is forgiven, uh, which a whole episode could be dedicated to that, so we should probably prepare for that.
0: We should. Yeah, we should. Yeah, no, the, the idea being, though, um, is, what was it, Rabbi Akiva uh, is one of the earliest uh, recorded scribes, uh, 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 Pharisees, to have said, about the importance of free will uh and and that he didn't make it up by the way he's just it, it it's recorded by him he received the teaching from somebody else but it's recorded in the Mishnah during his time and he says it it's an ancient jewish um teaching precept: uh yep. free will it, the, and again uh you got to think too contextually judaism is a legal is a it's very much a legal system. Um, it's it's so law centric and so focused that this is something that they've battled with before in the past. Can someone be punished if they were predetermined to act that way? Is that justified? And the the many Sanhedrins have poured over this this question and they have concluded that free will has to absolutely exist. Otherwise, God is not a just God. He's a bully, um, and that's that's not okay. That's not a thing that the scripture, it, un, unless you don't believe in scripture and you just believe in a deity, well, then you're entitled to that opinion. But Judaism rejects the idea of predetermination, predestination. Um, well, predetermination depends on actually, they, they believe in a sense of predetermination, but for things like the messianic era, right, or key events in history. Um, but uh, yeah, free will is a huge aspect of, of Judaism. That's why you are liable for any and all of your um transgressions yep unless you repent (laughs) and your repentance is an act of free will like you only get you only are granted grace based on your repentance because you did it out of free will
1: so (laughs) right right it's that it's that whole idea it's it's that whole idea where um the the determining factor that god will will actively uh, work his end in is to make sure that you have the proper conditions in order to make a free will decision. It's uh, Calvinists love to use the example of Pharaoh as an example to prove um, the determinist nature of God, right? Because he hardened Pharaoh's heart. That's not what he did. And I have a series of, on, on this on TikTok, but just very briefly, no, he didn't harden Pharaoh's heart, he strengthened Pharaoh's heart. The idea is that Pharaoh was scared out of his mind. At the end of of most of these plagues, he was ready to give in. Uh, So God strengthened his heart so that the decision that he was making would not be compelled by fear. It would be a sober-minded decision. So God granted Pharaoh the conditions for actual, true, uncompelled free will.
0: Yeah, this is actually something, too, that the uh, the Mishnah talks about because it talks about whether or not the Jewish people received the Torah by free will because they stood at the base of a mountain that was covered in black smoke and lightning and a shofar that blows and louder with, with each second as it grows uh, yep. and trembled in such terror that what, what would you say? You know, this is my Torah, accept it. What, what are you going to say? No, no, thanks. I mean, uh, right. Good. good. Uh, no, nah, you're, you're And So they actually argue whether or not they, they said um, we will do and obey of their own free will under such pressure. So, it, it, you know, it's something that, that's uh, talked about quite often in Judaism. It's a, again, it's essential, one of the central precepts. So, yes, you can... Now, if you use the Christian version of the word salvation, yes, you can walk away and lose it at any time. If you, if you cease to endure, uh, then you cease to endure. Um, but um, in the Jewish sense, well, you haven't received it yet, so there's there's always time.
1: <laughs> right. And that's, uh, I, I think that that what we've discussed here is very important to understanding because the typical, it's funny, we've been kind of heavy against the Calvinists on this one, but, <laughs> you know, uh, but the, the typical Calvinist answer would be that, well, you were just never saved to begin with then if you choose to walk away from your salvation. So you were just pretending or you were fooling yourself, right? 100%. Or you just didn't understand or, right, this is a cop out, Um because the 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 reality is they're 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 right. You weren't saved in the first place. Neither are they. Nobody is <laughs> uh, because you haven't died yet.
0: <laughs> yeah, and and again, it's it's one of those like, okay, let's take let's cap t- uh, Captain Dadpool as an example because I like him and he's cool. Um, he's he has awesome. a degree in theology. Uh, and he he's you know he spent a lot of time as a Christian doing missions and everything. He was a devout follower and a believer. You cannot tell me, you cannot look me in the eye and truly say to me that if while he was in the middle of his missions, heart on fire for God, uh, doing things in the name of, of Jesus and, 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 you know, being the quintessential Christian and choosing to go to college because he wanted to further that education. You can't tell me, you can't look me in the eye and say that if he died in that moment, that he was never truly saved and so he wouldn't make it into heaven. I have a right. very
1: hard time accepting that. <laughs> so here's here's the cool hypothetical with when it comes to that situation. Could you imagine if we if we had met him back then and introduced Torah? Like, would 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 that have been an argument? Or because he's a like he is such a reasonable, level-headed guy? Like, would you have would you have would you he have heard it out? <laughs> I think it am going to, you know, I'm, I'm going to ask, ask him that one day. I'm going to, I'm I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to message him and be like, Hey, I mean, he got, kind of heard us out as you. it is.
0: Like for the most part, you know, uh, you know, I'm not like saying we've won him over cause we haven't nothing like that. But uh, as far as I, I get the feeling that he's like, well, I, I, I leave you guys alone because you're the most consistent and I like you. <laughs> I,
1: he, I think he, I think, he, I, I think his understanding is, which as you will find is the majority case for atheists who encounter Torah practicing believers um their opinion typically is that we have the most theologically consistent position (gasps) that reminds
0: me my father-in-law said the same thing (laughs) my (laughs) father-in-law he's he's not a torah practicer uh he is a is a, a youth pastor i believe at a at a church called trinity um but i think they are presbyterian um only in name. He's not actually a Presbyterian. He doesn't care. He's, he's he doesn't like he doesn't like denominations to begin with. But smart man, very smart man, smart guy, healthy. yeah, love, very smart yeah, guy. Love having conversation with him. Uh, but even he, he was telling me, is like, you know, I tell people all the time that at least I can open up the Bible and defend your faith for you. It's like I can't open up the Bible and and re- I have to really search for my side of the argument but yours is right there i can open axe and go he, he does that he does that it's right there that's what he does that's what he believes <laughs> so yeah. it's like i have a heart i have an easier time defending your own faith
1: <laughs> well it's it's one of those things where it, it there's there's a fair amount of irony against the push like like within the pushback because there's the accusation that we're twisting scripture and then atheists that don't even believe in it but somehow they're twisting scripture too because they came to the same conclusion and it's like well (laughs) no the fact that like 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 we are theists they are atheists the fact that that we came to the same conclusion means that this is what an objective look at scripture looks like right two people with that diametrically of an opposing view on the grander scheme of the cosmos and 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 the existence of god uh, they're they're not going to read the same text and conclude the same thing unless that is what the very clear objective look at the text will yield. In other words, you actually have to twist scripture to conclude something else.
0: I was going to say, uh, not you know, not for nothing. Even many Christian scholars who are devoted Christians uh, will say that um, th- that our position holds the most water, um, but. It's only a position for Jews, right? That's where they kind of make that whole like this is this is the correct position, but only for Jews.
1: <laughs> so that again, that's it, that's Franzak brings that out in this book where where he, <laughs> he basically says that yes, the majority of scholarship has concluded and agrees that the apostles taught and practiced Torah. Um, but that they were mistaken, um and that they were wrong. And that's why God had to send Paul, uh, and he actually uses that as a segue into explaining the new perspective on Paul because it has been discovered in Christian scholar scholarly circles uh, that the interpretation of Paul currently, um, the majority interpretation of Paul currently, is inconsistent with the rest of the message of the, of the New Testament and the Bible at large. So you have the introduction of what they call the new perspective on Paul, which is an attempt to rectify that apparent conflict.
0: Everybody uh, watching, if you if you're listening, uh, I'll read it for you. But if you're watching, you know what to do. Um, We got a comment. Pray for Samantha Tornado in on their path. They are in the shelter. So uh, you guys know what to do. Yes. In fact, we'll give you a moment of silence to say something shortly real quick here. Amen. I Amen. I okay. Um, so moving on real quickly. Uh, in fact, I think, what was I going to say? I don't think I had anything else. Um, so we can move to some questions real quick. And then the after part is... <laughs> yeah. Uh, let me just check my notes to make sure I don't have anything left. I do not. Uh, so, let's hear it. You guys got questions? Put them in the chat. <laughs> uh, we did have one question about Deuteronomy eighteen nineteen. In some translations, it reads, I will require it of him. Is Revelation 14, 12 connected to that? The idea that everyone saved must also acknowledge belief in Yeshua. Hmm. So I need to open up to both of those passages. Yeah. Deuter-
1: okay. So you you pick one. I'll pick. Uh, I'll do the other.
0: I'll do Revelation.
1: All right. Then I'll do. Devarim. Fourteen twelve.
0: Uh, fourteen twelve. <laughs> uh, this calls for endurance from the saints who keeps God's commandments and their faith in Yeshua ah uh, uh, okay yeah one of those uh, in the endurance okay. passage yep uh so
1: devarim 1819 now who's uh whoever does not listen to my words this prophet speaks in my name I myself will call him to account or I will require it of him um so that is if we so understanding how how Pardes works Pashat that is speaking about Moses in particular, which has its own level of implications. Yes. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> let's, let's, it does. Let's really consider that for a moment.
0: <laughs> so for the uh for the acknowledgement, um, and I've said this in the actually I said this on a on a on a TikTok live. Um I think Joshua was there, actually, same person. Um, to acknowledge belief in Yeshua, uh, who hold faith uh who maintain their faith in Yeshua, uh, the perseverance. So that is for those of us who know, who know better, right? Who keep the commandments and have faith in Him. So we know uh, that makes us the enemy, right? Of course, but we are. We know, and we're and so we are therefore accountable. For those who don't know the real Yeshua, um, they haven't really denied Him, and in fact, by just virtue of the fact that they're more Torah observant than most of us will ever be, they have acknowledged him, uh, already because yep. he is the door made flesh. Uh, they, and so they, there they is that ultimately,
1: acknowledgement. no, go right. ahead. No, you I was just say they, they ultimately settled on the halakha that, that he, that he taught and that he mm-hmm. supported. Right. Yeah. Um, and true. It, you know, it, it, it's one of those things where look, uh, yes, Paul, Paul says that they've been blinded in part, specifically blinded to the identity of Yeshua as Messiah right? That's the specific thing. So they can't be judged justly. If God is a just God on that basis, if this is something he's hidden from them, you can't judge them on that basis. That's not justice. That's, that, that's quite literally, uh, rigging the system against them. <laughs> that's
0: in, almost like entrapment. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. But the, you know, the case being too, though, that, uh, we believe that one day Yosef will reveal himself to his brothers. Yes. Uh, and it is after that revelation, any further denial is going to be is going to be on and anybody. So
1: this is this is you know I'm glad that this passage got brought up because there are two in Revelation that spe- that make specific mention of this. All right, those who have those who keep the commandments of God uh, and maintain the testimony of Yeshua. Yep, it's in twelve. 12- Seventeen and fourteen, twelve and f- fourteen, twelve. Yep. Now, this has inherent implications that even some in the uh, messianic community are uncomfortable with, right? Um, and it's because you you really only have, um, well, you only have two possibilities. Uh, the problem is that with one of those, there's there's an allowance made for one, where it's not made for the other. Now we can either take this very literally and say that okay well you you are only saved if you obey the commandments of God and acknowledge Yeshua in which case both the Jew and the non-observant Christian are excluded from salvation. All right? Yeah. You can take it hyper literally and you can conclude that there's a lot of messianics who who are of the mind Uh, That they would they would still exclude the Jews because they deny Jesus, um, but they'll credit Christianity with the Torah being on their heart uh, for whatever esoteric, uh, you know, that's that's worth. You don't get to do that. Like you don't get to have that cake and eat it, too. Right. Um, (laughs) if, If we're going to take if we're going to take it that way. Right. If we're going to be inclusive on the basis of having one aspect of that equation. Uh, then both the Christian who is not observant and the Jew that does not acknowledge Yeshua but is observant uh, for they a love it. of God, right? Yeah. Both of those get included. Yeah.
0: And uh, I said this last night, uh, or not last night, on my TikTok Live, um, where, where, where Yeshua says, uh, no one can come through the Father except through me. The way that it reads in the Greek can be taken one of two ways. It is, I am the only way. You have to believe in me in order to get to the father the other way which contextually i think makes more sense because of the the door analogy that he uses is that everyone at their judgment day will stand before me and in order to get to the father they will have to go through me i am the door and so it will be it will be up to him essentially at the end of days it will be up to him whether or not you come or or you go and that leaves a lot of room for people who have never heard of yeshua but still make it into heaven because they will stand before Yeshua and Yeshua will make that decision. He will say, he will be the one that people have to go through and you say, well, you you have made an exception, go ahead. Right? So he is like the literal door. Uh, And so there's two ways to take that. And so I, you know, if, if that's the way that we are going to accept, which is the way that I tend to think then when the Jew reaches the judgment day at the end of days, who lived his life faithfully for God, that will be for him the moment that Yeshua reveals himself because he wasn't given a chance in his lifetime to see the revelation. Right. But he'll get that revelation at maybe at that point. uh, And then he will go through him. It'll be up to Yeshua, whether he makes it in or not. It's not, it's not exclusively like you have to, because then that excludes children, right? Children don't make it in because they don't even know what belief is yet. Um, People who've never heard the gospel ever don't make it in because they don't, they don't know what it is either. So you, when you take it the other way you leave room for for the exceptions to the rule if he is the literal door the authority by which you have to go through uh and so that was something that i mentioned and um i think uh we'll take one more question and then call it because we're we're a little over time a lot over time uh let's see we got three questions so far uh Well, if you choose the Torah made flesh, they already have him. I've said that, yep. Um, Eastern Orthodox. What does the revealing of Ben Yosef connected to? Yom Kippur. Uh, So all of Israel saved, like when Joseph saved his brothers. Um,
1: (laughs) So there's something to that. There's There's a question to ask there, and a whole episode could be devoted to this, and so this is a conversation that could be had. But I'll ask the question. Did Joseph save his brothers? Right? Because the 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 way that the hebrew reads is that the only reason they went to egypt in the first place uh was to appear as though they were suffering as badly as everybody else from the famine in order to avoid being robbed for what they did have remember god had already made his covenant with jacob uh the ergo jacob and his sons were going to be fine regardless whether or not they sought help from joseph um and uh so yeah that whether or not whether or not um joseph saved his brothers uh, or saved egypt is is uh, a big question and I, i'll probably do a rant on that at some point or we could do a whole episode on it yeah, um, because yeah. that that's important <laughs> it's an important yeah. distinction
0: all right so uh we'll call it there i think that's a good place so if you want to join in the after party or pardes as we like to say the After part is, is reserved for the Patreon supporters. Uh, you guys get exclusive access. All you
1: beautiful people.
0: Uh, as a thank you to our support, you can you can join us in the chat. You can ask us questions. You can make fun of us. You can roast us. Uh, you can sit quietly and in total and utter complete awkward silence with us. I don't care. You paid for that time. <laughs> uh, membership starts at a dollar. So if you want access to the After part is, uh $1 per month on the Patreon. Uh, the link is in the description if you want to be a supporter. We appreciate every single dollar gifted to us. Um, and then, even if you're not a Patreon supporter, join the Discord anyway. We're in the regular voice chat sometimes. Uh, you can. We've got plenty of conversations that are going on and stuff in the stuff in the stuff. Uh, what else do we got? Let me get rid of this overlay so I can show these guys, these people. Uh, So once again, thank you to our top tier supporters. You guys rock, except for you, Scott Councilman. You don't rock. (laughs) 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 You've been banned from the show. Um,
1: (laughs) (laughs) We need to start doing that. (laughs) Do that whole Matt Walsh show. And for that, (laughs) um, you have been banned from the show.
0: We should have like a daily cancellation, but not cancellation, a daily, I don't know. I think it's not a daily <laughs> heritage.
1: Shout out, Matt Walsh. We love you. You're my spirit animal.
0: <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah. So once again, thank you to our, our, uh, our sponsors, basically our supporters. You guys rock except for Scott. And, um, I think that's it. We will see you guys in the after part is I got nothing. Thank else. you for joining you got nothing else.
1: Yeah, I don't have anything else. It's just you know, thank you everybody for showing up. We we love uh, we love seeing all of you, especially in the chat. The chat's always active, and like I love that. I've been on been on other streams where the chat's not really that active. Um, the fact that we like, man, our followers have personality. Like I love our followers. You guys are all so awesome.
0: We have the best community.
1: Bobby K is like meme lord. <laughs> Dude, yes. Um, <laughs> And uh yeah, that's gonna be a thing that's gonna be a thing coming up and uh I, I look forward very much to that that episode um so yeah
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway right,
1: no. um love you all and thank you as always hope to see you all in the after La kaim.